Hello and welcome to the Legal Marketing Studio, a bi-weekly podcast devoted to examining successful legal marketing strategies driving new business development at law firms from the largest international firm to the solo attorney. In every episode, you'll find actionable takeaways that you can implement today. The podcast is a production of Picture More Business, a corporate photography studio with a core focus on the legal industry. I'm Michael Meyer, the host of the Legal Marketing Studio. In this episode, I am joined by Bruce Siegel of Marketing Sense. Bruce works with small to mid-sized firms looking for ways to become more visible, expand their footprint, and generate new relationships. He has developed a pragmatic, results-oriented approach appropriate to these firms' needs based on his years of experience in marketing management at MasterCard and Citibank and as director of marketing for a consulting firm. Bruce, welcome to the Legal Marketing Studio. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me. All right, so let's just start. We've talked about LinkedIn on the podcast before. So just quickly, you know, what is LinkedIn and what value proposition does it present to attorneys in terms of developing relationships with potential clients? Well, LinkedIn is the business networking service for um, any professional that wants to become more visible online these days. And they're really the value proposition is twofold. First, to develop and rekindle relationships. And oftentimes those are people that you may already have had a relationship with in the past. Secondly, it's an opportunity to become more visible with your existing network, putting in very little effort for the results achieved. We're not going to dwell on that because in January and into February, LinkedIn rolled out a new interface. That's right. And not everyone's happy. And certainly not everyone is 100% happy. But the site remains the premier place to network for business. So how do we deal with these changes is what we're going to talk about. So I just wanted to start with uh, a quote from Amy Parnell, who is LinkedIn's senior uh, director of experience design, uh, was quoted back in January by Wired as saying, we're a social network. Facebook is a social network. The types and interactions and behaviors you see on the platforms are similar. From a design perspective, you don't want to create a whole new paradigm for how you interact with that model. If someone were to create a new email application, you would expect it to look and feel like email and for it to leverage interaction patterns that are standard to the industry. So that seems like a fairly big shift to thinking about this now as a social media platform rather than, say, a business tool. How do you see that shift? Well, I see that it's something that LinkedIn has been doing for the last couple of years. So for example, I think I think she's right that it has moved much closer in look to Facebook, but also what LinkedIn has done is merged its desktop version with its mobile version which had already looked like Facebook. And they're making the decision probably in preference to younger users that they're going to move to a look that's more like uh, Facebook with shorter interactions, more quicker interactions. As a platform, should we really be thinking about it as a social media platform, or can we still think of it as a a networking platform or a publishing platform, or is it sort of still all of these things, just sort of the balance has shifted somehow? Well, I think it is still all those things. It has shifted more towards uh, shorter interactions. LinkedIn has recognized that many of its users are are accessing uh, LinkedIn through a phone or tablet, so they're trying to make it easier for them. They're trying to make the user experience. They have made the user experience more common between the phone and the desktop, but in doing so, they've traded off certain ability to customize certain abilities to use the 
platform as a relationship tracking and development tool. So you can still do that, but it's, um, it's a little bit difficult. Um, the other thing that has also changed with the new desktop interface is some of the advanced search capabilities. So and under the previous LinkedIn, you could easily track down someone who was a client at a uh, prior company and rekindle a relationship with them. Uh, now you can still do that, but it's a little bit harder. And they've essentially hidden the advanced search tool behind a, a basic search tool. So for most people and attorneys, they'd have to either figure out or be shown uh, how to access those search capabilities. That's a really great example of sort of a, a big thing, but also a subtle thing that's shifted. Let's just talk about what's changed. First and foremost, obviously, the, the main page has changed. Mm-hmm. We've got the, our profiles on the left, and we've got sort of a, a feed on the, the right, and then we've kind of got the main news feed in the center. Right. Um, what are some of the more subtle things that have changed uh, that are either new, that have been moved, or perhaps have been eliminated entirely? Well, that's a big question, but let me just start (laughs) with the profiles, which obviously is very important uh, to attorneys, how they are presented to their professional contacts. It used to be that um, people like myself that were writing profiles would recommend a a summary. So that's about a couple of paragraph upfront description of you as a, a professional and what makes you tick and what makes you special. Right now, that is mostly hidden so that it is two-line show, and then there's a a longer, you have to click to see the whole thing. So it's almost nor that has to be an intriguing opening that you then want the user to click on to to read the whole thing. It also means that you as an, an attorney or professional should be putting more effort into your description of your current position, because that's what is common. You also used to be able to shift around the order of your profile so that if you had very important um, speaking engagements or awards, you could move that up further and move other things down, and you're not able to do that as easily. I've also seen instances where people's awards or certain activities didn't make the transition. So you should certainly a good time to look at your profile and see if it still meets your needs and how it's fitting within the new LinkedIn interface. And those of you that work at firms can be working with your internal marketing person to help you do that. So they should be up to speed on what's happening. The other thing that's uh, harder to find is groups. So LinkedIn groups have been around since the beginning of LinkedIn, and many attorneys found these very valuable ways within the practices that they, that they focused on. They could join groups and ask questions and get answers and stay up to, to speed on different things that were happening in their industries and areas of expertise. Those groups have been kind of hidden within the new interface. So they're still there, but they're not quite as uh, visible I'd also recommend that anyone who is spending a lot of time on groups, you need to evaluate uh, which groups you're part of and whether they're really, really benefiting you in the way that they had historically. So groups are still part of LinkedIn, but it's a question mark of where they're going to um, land long term. One thing you'd hinted at earlier was just at the beginning, you'd mentioned this. Uh, or just before we started recording, you'd mentioned that some of the big changes are really aligning desktop and mobile. Mm-hmm. How is that affecting the interface? And how is that sort of hinting at perhaps uh, changes in strategy or direction for LinkedIn? 
Well, I think under the old interface, it was a little bit easier to link, use LinkedIn as a, a research tool um, and as a tool that you could customize and do searches based on your interest with moving the desktop and the mobile together. It's a little bit harder to do that. Is it, does that suggest a, a bigger change in direction for LinkedIn? Is that, is that because they see it more as a social site where people are going to consume smaller content? That's right. They do see it as a site where people are going to be accessing from their phone and mobile devices on for shorter periods of time. But one of the places where that has maintained, in my opinion, is still a lot of where the dialogue is happening on LinkedIn is still with the longer form articles and or, or they call it publisher, LinkedIn publisher. So that's still an area that uh, most attorneys do not leverage. And I definitely recommend that that's where professionals need to put some of their energy. It's interesting. It's, it's a little harder to, to write those articles now. There used to be a whole tag just for post an article and post an update. It's there. It just moved to right below. Right. But it seems to really emphasize the post an update. And it's almost like post an article's a little bit smaller. Is that is that just me I not liking where it is? I think that's I mean, it's, it's still there. It's pretty okay. uh, easy. There is one subtle change where there used to be a separate notification feed around articles, and that seems to have gone away. But hopefully that won't be a harbinger of less emphasis. The other thing just to... I mean, it's good that you've been a student of some of these changes, but this is also a work in progress. So LinkedIn has, uh, for example, on the on the search feature side, they've been gradually reintroducing some features that were originally taken away. Or on the profile side, you can now save a profile to a PDF, which for a few weeks you weren't able to do. There may also be cases where my capability, my screen looks a little bit different than yours. So um, th- there's some instability in the platform. I don't mean that the platform is going to crash, but in terms of exactly what your user interface is until this all shakes out. So a lot of us are help- hoping that some of these tweaks that you're talking about will be readjusted. And LinkedIn does seem willing to not in in huge ways, but in smaller ways to listen to its user community and and reintroduce features. Given that it is a work in process and given that they are still rolling out new features, is this something that users should expect going forward, that the tool isn't going to be one thing forever and that they may have to adjust their expectations and their use of that tool going forward? Absolutely. It's something that I've always had when I train people on LinkedIn. LinkedIn changes. So there'll be periods maybe after this change is over, it might be relatively stable for six months, but I guarantee you there will be more changes and you have to kind of get yourself used to that. One feature that, again, you'd kind of hinted at earlier that that's no longer there is in the profiles. You can't now customize kind of where things show up. Is that a a broader trend in terms of less customization available to users on the platform? Or is that just one thing that I saw I do, I do think that's a part of a broader trend. I think that some of the customization that was available under the old LinkedIn, for example, I could record how I met you. I could set a reminder to, if you were a business prospect, to follow up with you in six months or a year. That has gone away on the basic version. And in order to do that, you need to purchase something called Sales Navigator, which is LinkedIn's paid version for people who are more actively prospecting. So that's going to be something I think that I don't see a lot of attorneys purchasing. 
Is that different than LinkedIn Premium? Yes, it is. So a lot of the benefits and the reasons, some of the features that were available on LinkedIn Premium are no longer available. So LinkedIn Premium is looking like, I think, like a less of a good deal. And and they are trying to move people to Sales Navigator. LinkedIn Premium was generally in the, or is generally in the $25 to $50 a month price range. Sales Navigator is more towards $80 a month. So that can be, uh, you know, that's a significant investment. Sure. And what exactly, does that give a whole host of new uh, capabilities, yeah. or is it only being able to make notes and still set reminders? Well, that it's essentially, if you have Sales Navigator, you maintain your homepage feed and your LinkedIn interface as as is, so you can still use it. And then you get a tab that takes you to an entirely new interface, which as the title indicates, is really what a, a salesperson would, would use to manage their their leads, a gateway into their leads and their prospecting on LinkedIn. So that paradigm would be very different for most attorneys. Is it almost almost like a CRM type interface? Yeah, a CRM interface, okay. exactly. Um, which then, of course, would then duplicate with what a, a lot of attorneys have through their firms and do they want to do that? So I don't see the adoption of Sales Navigator and the attorney community being, being that high. So I want to shift here a little bit. I know one of the things that you do with firms is to help them build strategies for working on LinkedIn, uh, for using it as a tool. Uh, and I'm curious how much this shift towards uh, being a more social platform, towards emphasizing the mobile app more, how that's going to affect how you build out those strategies. How is it going to affect how attorneys actually use the site? Well, I think um, answer that question in a couple of ways. Uh, first, I don't think many attorneys were using the search feature that heavily, so I don't think it would really affect them. I think you one can still use LinkedIn as a visibility tool very effectively, and I don't see that as fundamentally changing. So some of my strategies would be similar to what they were before, which is to kind of as, as each attorney really setting aside a very limited amount of time, maybe 30 minutes a week, to kind of focus on LinkedIn and have have a, a real strategy. And the strategies really focus around visibility and then prospecting. And if your focus is on visibility, then maybe your goal is to send out a share and update once or twice a month and then write, to write an article once a quarter. If your focus is on prospecting, then maybe that's to reconnect with clients or with individuals who worked at prior companies where you had a strong client relationship. Your strategy, if it's on more on prospecting, would be to identify companies that have been good clients of yours and then identify people that used to work at those companies and they may have gone to other companies and could be really great for you to reconnect. One thing that is still there, Michael, is the ability to search companies. So in addition to searching people, if you have a prospective company, you can go in and search based on that company name it's, again, not that intuitive, but once you figure it out, and then it will show you a screen where you can follow the company, see if they're hiring, see who they might have hired in the legal department as an indicator of their growth, see who you might know, see who um, you, if you don't know people directly, maybe there's a connection of yours that can introduce you to someone at that company. So there's still a huge uh, wealth of information. I think attorneys, many attorneys are good at relationships. 
um, and LinkedIn helps you kind of formalize the process of staying in touch and reconnecting with people that would be valuable uh, to you. Sort of as a, a tangent to that, one of the things that the new interface seems to encourage to me is a, a, a sort of engagement. Do people need to be engaging more frequently on the platform or more engaging more frequently with, say, the people that they want to reach out to? Or is it, are, are you thinking of that as more of a, I'll find this person and then reach out by email? No, I do encourage people to uh, engage, and that's very important. But that was important in the old LinkedIn as well. So it's important that in addition to pushing out your own posts, that you take some time to see what people in your network are doing and then comment and share what they're doing. Because social media is about uh, give and take. Are the changes in the profile in terms of how they show your articles or your updates, does that affect how often you should be updating? Meaning if you're only doing one update or maybe two updates a month, is that enough? Or should you be doing one a week or more? I mean, how does that shift change how they should be using it that way? I mean, overall, this has been happening for a couple of years. As LinkedIn becomes more crowded, it's more the argument to be sharing and posting and commenting more often becomes more compelling. The other thing that I think is important is that, you know, particularly now with the new LinkedIn, it requires some patience. And sometimes you'll find that you're sort of hitting gold with LinkedIn, and then you may do a few shares, and and you're not seeing a lot of results. And I think that 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 patience can be kind of difficult for attorneys, have very little time, but that's important in social media is about uh, give and take, and particularly in the new LinkedIn. Um, There's a lot of people out there looking for bandwidth. You know, on that note, how long do, do you see it taking people to gain traction? whether it's the old platform or the new platform, how long should someone take to get attention to start getting people to follow them? Or is that just a matter of putting out good content and it's not a matter of doing it long enough? I think it's a matter of being consistent over time. So whatever time you can devote, whether it's an hour a month or 30 minutes a week or you know even less or, or hopefully more, is just being consistent over time. Does any of this change the kind of content or how you're recommending attorneys put content on the site? I mean, are different kinds of content more important now or more effective now? Well, I think there has to be a strategy around content. And some of those those strategies and tactics might not be intuitive for attorneys. So I recommend that there's a checklist every time you do an article, you want to come up with a short, catchy headline. And I think that that can be challenging for attorneys. You'll need to have an image that is associated with your article um, and that becomes a permanent part of your profile. So the, your most recent article will appear fairly prominently. And so it's important that that image that you select be something that's consistent with your personal brand and your, and your firm's brand. And I think just spending time on those sorts of things can be a little bit uh, counterintuitive for attorneys. There's also opportunities to embed links um, and images within the posts, keep them short, have lots of bulleted lists. So all those things tend to be a little bit of a challenge versus the kind of writing that uh, most attorneys are used to doing. Well, in a way, that kind of brings us to the close, which is some thoughts of best practices. 
So going forward, at least through 2017, I can't imagine they're going to roll out a new interface or make huge changes in the next year. What are you recommending to your clients at a, not, not necessarily specifically, but at a, a high level uh, in terms of engaging on the platform as a, a content publishing site, as a so- social site, and as a research tool? I mean, I think that it's best for the busy attorney to look at the, the basic two choices, which is visibility and relationship to development and saying, which of these do I really want to focus on? And then once you make that choice, then you have to have a strategy around visibility and visibility could be around articles, shorter shares of an update. I mean, one thing we didn't talk about is visual content so that if you're making a speech, if you can get someone to take a picture of you making a speech, that will have a lot more impact than just words. And I think that that paradigm shift is something that attorneys need to get their heads around, and it's not always uh, the easiest thing. And then on the relationship development side, you know, who is it that you want to reconnect with? Are you, in fact, connected with all of your clients? And it could be that you, you're not. I mean, you've just sort of more had a random approach to accepting connections, and don't get distracted. There's a, a column in LinkedIn, see who you might know on LinkedIn. And I say that really try to drive your own tactics on LinkedIn and go in there and know, you know who are the set types of people that you want to reconnect with. Another thing that we haven't really talked about is around messaging. LinkedIn has a, a messaging feature, which is something lighter than email, but more than instant messaging. And that can be a really good way to very quickly reconnect with people that you know or, or be in contact with people that you already know to send them quick updates about where you might be presenting, what articles you might publish. And so for the very time-starved attorney, that can be a very efficient way of staying in touch with a lot of people very quickly. And you find that's a little bit more informal, so one might not be quite as need to spend as much time on each on each email. So that's a very valuable thing. If you're going to focus on relationship de- development, that could be used very effectively by many attorneys. I think that one thing that you really need to uh, focus on is just some of the basics. So there's basic best practices with LinkedIn. So before you go to a meeting with a prospect or just a, even a networking colleague, make sure you check their profile. Make sure you've checked who has checked your profile, because you may have a client or a business prospect that seems to have gone a little bit cool and you haven't heard from them. But if you see that they've checked your profile, that can be an indicator that they, in fact, still want to engage with you. You can also, if you get uh, invitations from people that you don't know and you think that they might be relevant prospects for you, you can, there's a way to message the person before you respond, before you accept the invite. So there are certain basic best practices that don't really take really minute amounts of time that I think attorneys could be following. Well, Bruce, thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Legal Marketing Studio podcast. And thank you to our listeners who've joined us for this episode. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to the podcast. The Legal Marketing Studio can be found on iTunes and on SoundCloud, and now on Google Play as well. Extended content, including photographs and links, can be found on our website, legalmarketing.studio. Note that there's no .com. It is just legalmarketing.studio. If you have a topic you'd like to discuss or know someone who might, please send an email to producer at legalmarketing.studio or reach out via the contact page on our website, 
legalmarketing.studio. The Legal Marketing Studio is a production of Picture More Business, a full-service corporate photography studio focused on the legal industry, based in Brooklyn, New York, and working with clients nationally. If your firm is updating its website, hiring new attorneys, or revamping its brand and marketing materials, give us a call. We'd love to explore collaborative opportunities. More information can be found at picturemorebusiness.com. That's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.